The city of Richmond becoming a prime target for gun violence. Richmond. The city of Richmond was known as one of the most dangerous cities in the Bay Area, if not the country. This is the For Our Future Podcast. Let's keep Richmond moving forward. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the FOF Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about financial literacy and so much more than that. But as always, as I like to do, is introduce my comrades behind the mic. First, let me introduce myself, all right? So I'm Jay, a.k.a. Johnny Long Days. <laughs> I like that you like that. <laughs> that handsome devil over there, I call him Selma Ramirez. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing well. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's one of my favorite topics. And I'm, I'm just really excited to dig into this. Yes, a lot to dig into. Yes. Definitely a lot to dig into. And as always, I have with us the lovely D, Deanna. Hi, everybody. Uh, we have a really good episode in for today. We're having a good day. You know, stimulus checks hey. just hit. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is also one of my best friend's birthdays. So happy birthday oh, to her. Hey, happy birthday to her. Shout out to her. So, good day so far. Yeah. Okay. And before I introduce our guest, I'm going to hold you guys into suspense right now. Can I get on the camera real quick, Leslie? Thank you. So, now, Anselmo, as always, has a bunch of community news that we uh, that we love to share beforehand. So we like to share positive news always. Um, you get enough of negative news on CBS and CNN. So to, here on FF Podcast, we like to spread the positive vibes. So Anselmo, please, do you mind giving us some good positive news from the community? Most definitely. First, I'm going give to a, give a little recap. We did have our cleanup over the weekend, and it was a huge success. Yes. Diana was there. Jay was there. We yes. picked up over 25 bags of trash. This was mm -hmm. done in collaboration with SOS Richmond, so shout them out. They always come out, and they, we really did a great job. Don't want to give myself a pat on the back. <laughs> you should. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yeah, and then uh, there was another event, Urban Tilt, our fiscal sponsor. They had a tree giveaway. They gave out 200 fruit-bearing trees or soon-to-be fruit-bearing trees. Yeah. So that's another beautiful thing happening in the community. I will keep it short and brief, but that's about it. Yeah, I did, I did see that from Urban Tilth. Oh, man, I forgot to tell my grandma. My grandma's been wanting a plum tree for since forever. She missed out. I, yeah, so that was actually, I was, Grandma, I know you're not watching this, but stop that counts. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. She's been wanting that plum tree for, since forever. She's been asking my mom. Um, but we, yeah, we missed out there. What are you going to do? Okay, suspense done with here. Once we, once again, we're talking about financial literacy. Beyond that, you know, we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff when it comes to financial literacy, not just the surface, on the surface stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest for tonight, we have Mr. 
Robert Johnson. Robert, how you doing? Feeling good, guys. How's everybody feeling? Thanks for uh, having me on. Thank you. I'm, I think we're all feeling pretty well. You know, I think I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good myself. I, I would like to say real quick, since we gave a shout out, a shout out to my two friends whose birthdays are today also. So, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> so, okay. There you go. So I just want to give a shout out to my, to my, to my two best friends. Uh, wish you guys a, a blessed, happy birthday, guys. Love you guys. I miss you guys. What, cool. what are the names? Uh, Damis and Tia. All right. And you mentioned you were from the East Coast. Are, are they out there? Or, or? Yeah. Actually, um, my best friend, Damus, he's in Baltimore, Maryland. We actually went to college together. Mm-hmm. And my, she's like my sister, too. She's actually living in Colorado. Cool. cool. She's from Baltimore, so I met her in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robert, um, before we dive in, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, about yourself and, and your background and all that good stuff. Sure. So I was uh, born and raised on the East Coast, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, diehard Steeler fans, never gonna change. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Most winningest franchise. Don't don't hate. Um, That's true. Then I went to I moved to Baltimore, Maryland, where I got my degree in international finance economics, economics at uh, Baltimore, at uh, Morgan State University and my HBCU. So shout out to all my Bears and my alumni. And from there, I actually worked in uh, for Wachovia Securities, which is now Wells Fargo, doing operations for the trading floor. And then from there, I went to go work for UBS Financial Services for our ultra high net worth clients with the financial advisors as a relationship manager and doing asset allocation and investment strategies. So I learned a lot, had a lot of great teachers. And then I took some time away, moved to Miami, where I got my MBA from Florida International University. So um, after I got my MBA, I spent a little time away. Um, you know, you just work so much for so long, you need a little yeah. vacation. I can't think of a better place to spend some days off to relax than in Miami. And then I moved out to California, where I went to work for Morgan Stanley for a little bit, and then Union Bank. And then as of last year, I left everything to start my own um, investment firm, where I do financial literacy and education and financial planning. It's a lot. <laughs> That's a full life. Yeah. 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 So just just so the viewers know, look, we have a legit yeah. asset here to really ask your questions. Let us know what questions you have. You know, we may not be able to get to all of them. We have a long list of questions we want to ask this man and pick his brain. But just know this is a credible source. So please ask away. Definitely. So, someone, did you want to start off the conversation? Maybe move some of your questions that you thought of that yeah, you want to hit Robert. Be- before we even dig into this, okay. I know uh, we I met or found out about Robert through Cobiz. They're doing a uh, basically a financial money mindset, financial literacy workshop series there at Cobiz, mm-hmm. and, and we've been working with Cobiz a little bit in the past. So, we actually were hosting our life skills classes there in the past, and so. I saw a video with Robert and Christina, I believe, from yes. Cobiz, and we were like, we have, we have to get him on for the show. So thankfully, he actually he obliged and agreed to be here. So man, that, that's the little backstory. And that's just one way that it shows like how the community really is like tight-knit and comes together, which I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I appreciate when you guys reached out to me about it, because um, like I said, I had the partnership with Cobiz. I became their wealth ambassador. And we really trying to think of a way to give back to the community. And initially, the notion was to just do financial literacy. And I said, well, the problem isn't just financial literacy. It starts with the mindset about money. And so the notion was to do a three-month series with Kobe is where we just start shifting people's mindset from lack to abundance for the first month in March. And then in April, it's about the habits. 
you know, creating good, healthy money habits so that you can sustain your savings and sustain money. And then finally, in May, is really digging into the nuts and bolts about money. So I, I really want to structure the pro program for the community to really um, shift the mindset about money and not and let you guys understand that there's more to just, you know, spending, spending, spending and saving, saving, saving. It's a mindset. It's about energy. It's about what you're doing with that. And so uh, I want to make sure that we built those those foundations and building blocks for people. Is, is the series that you're referring to there at COBIS, um, uh, there was a series that I saw here that you had on your actual page. What was the series called? Uh, the Money Mindset Series. There we go. That's the one. Yeah. So it's the Money Mindset Series. And then um, because April is Financial Literacy Month, we are doing a lot of programs for the community. And so stay tuned. We have one we'll be doing, I believe it's April 17th, we're going live. So for high school kids, we're doing high school literacy. So every Saturday, it'll be free. And we're just teaching for 30, 45 minutes, not very long, because I know kids don't have a, a long attention span, but just giving you nuts and bolts about money, you know, credit, debt, budgeting, you know, student loans, getting ready to, you know, homes, you know, how to, credit reports. And then at the end of the series, we will actually bundle it up. So if you missed one or missed something, you can actually purchase the whole series. But if you come on live, it'll be free for you. And then we're going to have a women's wealth series. So we're going to, no matter where you're at in your life, if you're married, single, about to retire, corporate woman, we want to show you and teach you about how to utilize money and what to do with your money at the phases in your life so that, you know, you won't get caught unprotected or unaware. Because I am aware that of all the demographics, women are the least educated about money just because of our society to be sad. I mean, you know, we have that stigma and we don't educate women about money. And then some women just feel because they got married or the case may be, they're not fully engaged about money. But as a married man, let me tell you, my wife runs the finances. I don't know where things go. Money, money comes in, she pays the bills. <laughs> she tells you where things have to go. So I have no idea where... She could be laundering money for all I know. I don't even care. But I know she <laughs> She says she needs money. She says you got to pay the bills. And, I mean, women actually take care of the households and hold it down. So, I mean, I just want to make sure that women are fully educated on money and what to do with it. Yeah, that's the trust right there. Yeah, because they know, you know, how much groceries is or how much, you know, daycare is, whatever the case is. So, that's nice. Yeah. So, I'm going to give you a little homework, Robert, if that's okay. Can you please send links after the show so that we can include them in the bio to this show and people could find all the links and find all the stuff about what's going on? Oh, absolutely. I'd be more than happy to share all the links to make sure people can just tune in and um, you have my tags for social media, my website. And so, I definitely want to make sure that um, get, the community can find ways to get in contact with me. Perfect. Perfect. So, man, I'm, I'm ready to jump into it. Jump into the nuts and bolts a little bit, so to speak. Let's do it. Yeah. So, as, as some of us know here, some of us may not know, this is St. Patrick's Day, but it also is another big day, those STEMI checks. Right. Might hit. So I know, I know a few people who are checking their little web, their little apps regularly, like, it ain't hit. Did you get yours? <laughs> it hasn't hit. Did you get yours? I know a couple people that's been doing that. I don't know. Well, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm not going to say that it was I'm, it was me. But, you know, <laughs> look, the main point is people have a little bit of cash in their accounts, possibly. Mm -hmm. And so we want to ask a financial advisor, what are some things that they can do so that money just doesn't go to waste? Because it's easy. It's very easy to just spend the quick 1400 2800 whatever amount that you actually received or will receive like this. 
right? And especially if you don't have a steady stream of incoming income. So I wanted to ask Robert and see what suggestions he had on some things people can do at home to make that money last. Yeah, because I was going to go to Vegas, Robert. <laughs> I hey, was gonna... you, there's, hey, you know, I always say bet on black. Uh, okay. You know, you'd be fine. Just <laughs> bet on black. So, you know, if you just make sure you're, if, if you know how to roll dice, just remember your days from Monopoly to Vegas Shore. Uh, you can roll the dice properly and land on the proper, you know, like you need uh, three, just make sure you know how to, you know. But <laughs> See, that's, that's, a good, that's a good rule of thumb right there. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I mean, I'll Outside of, you know, the simple things, first and foremost, look, I know times are hard. So if you have bills to pay, yes. pay your bills. Yes. Do yes. not go out and buy some new clothes. Do not go out and do something stupid. First and foremost, pay your bills. All right. Let's be responsible. So that's, I'm not, I feel like I, I feel like I should have to say that to some people, but I'm going to say it. Just pay your bills mm-hmm. first and then enjoy what's left over. So ignoring paying your bills, um, take an inventory. Right. Look at what's going on. If you have some credit cards that are a little high, pay down your the higher credit cards with the higher interest rate. If the, if your credit cards and your bills have been good, phenomenal. Then look at your savings, right? Because if you were one of those people hoping and begging for a stimulus check, then I think it's safe to say your savings wasn't where it need to be, right? Um, so first and foremost, make sure you're putting your money into a, a savings. And when I look at your savings, what I mean by that too is not just a savings account. Put it someplace where, like, you know, mm-hmm. a money market account where you can get better yes. interest returns. Don't put it in something that can lock it up for six months or a year. You know, put it in something that's easy, it's liquidable. You know, you get access to it in 24 to 48 hours if you need it because it's in a particular fund. But make sure you you put it into something that can give you better returns than just what a bank will give you. So that's first and foremost as far as the saving goes. If you have children and you're looking at trying to put some things in place, look at maybe starting a little college fund for your kids. Um, there's 529 plans. There's you know high grade cash accumulating insurance policies that we could always talk about in depth at a later point in time. Um, but look at the options you have in front of you as far as what to do with your money for your kids. And then that's I think those are the two biggest I will look at. Right. Make sure your bills are paid. Again, I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but make sure your bills are paid. Look at your credit cards and then look at that has high interest rates. Pay that down. Because your interest rates that you pay on your credit cards kill you. They legitimately do. So if you're paying 20, 30% on your credit cards, do not pay minimums. So if you have the extra money, pay it off, mm-hmm. right? So if you owe $1,000 on a credit card, it's 20% interest, just take the $1,000, pay off your credit card. Now you've increased your credit and you have that $1,000 on your credit card with more room than you had before. So, you know, I would do that. And then as far as boot, like booster your savings, but look at, you know, investments that could actually that give you better returns than just a typical savings account, which gives you less than 1%. And these are gems right here. Straight Say gems. for the people in the back. <laughs> this, this, is, this is something that's so important that was never taught to me as a kid yeah. that I, sh- I, I just, um, now I'm more well-versed in it now, Robert. But, I mean, this, this was just something that I wished I had when I was younger. Um, not that I got into debt or anything like that, but I could have saved so much more. I could have made I could have made my money work for me a lot more than I did. You know, there's a saying that says you don't get wealthy by saving. Um, you don't. 
You don't. You really, really don't. And this, this is Robert just touched upon a few different ways of making your money work better for you as far as um, interest-bearing uh, accounts or not locking it up in certain CDs where you can't, you right. can't touch you it, it into different into different accounts. So this is something that's such an, so important. And Robert, thank you so much for giving that brief breakdown. That's a great way of starting this conversation. Sure. Oh, and I would also add, add to your retirement. Right. If you have a 401k, if you have a Roth, if you have something that you have in place that you're saving for your retirement, put that to your retirement. If you don't have something in place for your retirement, start. Right. Because the best time to save was yesterday. The second time is now because you you can always make money. You can't get time back. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell people when you're younger, you don't have to put a lot of money away because you have a lot of time on your side. But you get older. Now you need to put more money away because you have less time. So. Think about that. You know, time and money are very, you know, they go together. So if you're younger, you'll need a lot of money because you have a lot of time. When you're older, you don't have a lot of time, so you need a lot of more money. So if you don't have retirement savings, start putting away for your retirement. If you have retirement savings, maybe start bolstering your retirement savings. I'm really glad you mentioned that, too, because the first thing you hear on the news is, you know, um, go, go out and spend your stimulus checks to stimulate the economy so we can all be in a better position. But, you know, what you said was kind of just the reverse for people that, like, let's say don't have the extra funds to just spend it. Right. Like nothing, you know? And, and, that's a, and I understand that we live mm -hmm. in a society that's consumed. Like we're consumer based. We, we spin, 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 spin. But that's the problem though. We spend so much that now we don't have anything saved. And when you need your money, you don't have it anymore because you spent it. Because if mm -hmm. I told you, you need to go buy, excuse me, some new shoes mm -hmm. or you need to go buy, you know, whatever. It, my, and on a side note, my wife teased me because I don't really buy a lot of clothes. I really don't. She like we we need baby. I, I've seen pictures from you like a couple years ago. You had the same sweater. <laughs> it, it's, it's time to Man. we can spend some money to get some, for some new clothes. I'm like uh, the wifey's roasting. But I was like, but it still fits in a good shape. So that tells you like yeah. I don't need much. But again, like if you need to go buy clothes, go buy clothes. But if you don't yeah. need to spend just to spend, I promise you that sale you think you'll miss, they'll have again. They're just changing mm -hmm. the name. It's it's not the last St. Patty's Day sale. We'll have another <laughs> one for whatever reason. There'll be another sale. Just just be a little smarter. You don't have to spend it right away just because it's in your pocket. Mm -hmm. I know as you feel like kids sometimes. You get money, you want to spend it right away. Like my daughter, she gets money. And she wants to go buy it on like I want to go buy Sims. I want to do this. And then when it's gone, she's like, um, "Can I get some money for this?" I'm like, "Didn't you just have three hundred dollars for your?" Yeah, where'd it go? I don't know. I'm like, oh my goodness, kid. <laughs> like, you're making me feel bad right now. Like, it's someone who does buddy. You have no idea about buddy. I feel like I'm failing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but no doubt, I can totally relate. You know, uh, when I was younger, for sure, I was the first person wanting to spend that money that I earned on Jordans or something else that I really didn't need. You know, having 20 pairs of shoes or, mm -hmm. or whatever else the case may be. You know, not that I don't have a lot of shoes still, but you know, my, my I'm not spending yeah. my last little bit like yeah, yeah. Was in the past, yeah. you know, hopping off the bus with the freshest pair of sneakers right you know back in the days but you know we all learn we evolve but it's make it's important that we do do that and we have these conversations so maybe some of the younger viewers can say okay maybe it may spark something in them to make them think about it a little different yeah and that's exactly what i was trying to mention and thank you for saying it that way and someone like as a kid you know it's not that i was spending a lot not that i was like you know running the macy's car all the way up it was just that I should have been doing um, 
di- different things with my money at that time. And, and, I, and I'm glad that you mentioned, Robert, um, retirement plans. Now, um, I know that's just, there's different kinds of, of uh, ways to, to save for retirement. Mm-hmm. One of the most uh, uh, common ways is through uh, IRA, um, IRA. So there's, there's Roth IRAs and there's traditional IRAs. Um, a lot of people don't know the difference because um, it's not, although it's one of the most common ways of, of setting aside some retirement money, um, at, our, at, at a younger age, people don't know exactly what it's all about or the differences. Could you please try to break down um, the differences? Yeah, sure. So when we look at retirement, the, the biggest thing when I look at when I talk to people about retirement is your taxes, right? So no one thinks about that. They think about the deferred taxes, which is yeah. your traditional IRAs, regular IRAs. Mm-hmm. You're deferring your taxes to a later date. Yeah. And so... If you haven't checked lately, um, we're trillions of dollars in debt. Um, taxes have been cut to the lowest level they've been to in years. Where do you think your taxes are going to go when you're older? Right? Do you really think your taxes are the same now than when you're 65? No. Your taxes will be probably higher. And you don't have the same tax breaks you had when you were younger because your house will be paid off. You don't have kids living with you anymore. So you're, so you're in a different tax bracket. So when we look at your retirement, look at your taxes you're gonna pay on your money in the distribution. So the difference between, main difference between an IRA and a Roth is your Roth, you have tax-free distributions to yourself. So you're paying your taxes now. So you're, you're saying, look, I'll pay taxes on the seeds. I like to say investments are seeds, right? So you're paying on the seeds, small little seeds, small little seeds, small little seeds. So you're not paying much on your taxes. But when you're older and you want your money, you have a huge, for example, apple tree, now you can take as many apples you want to because you pay taxes already. So you think about that when you're, t- when you're doing your taxes is and, and get your taxes out the way now if you can so that in the future you don't worry about your taxes anymore. And there's a lot of nuts and bolts to understand too with your Roth IRAs and regular IRAs because you do have RMDs, which are your required minimum distributions. So you have to stay on top of that. So, so you get penalized pretty. The IRS will tax you 50% excess tax. So that means uh, if you're supposed to take out $3,000, just throwing out numbers, don't quote me on how much you have to take out, but let's say you have to take out $3,000 for the year. If you didn't take out that $3,000, Uncle Sam will tax you 50% of the amount you're supposed to take out. So think about that. There are alternatives to just using just a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA to give you a lot of, a lot of great benefits. So you can have a tax-free growth with tax-free distributions. But again, you make sure when you're talking to somebody, they have to be licensed to offer it to you. They have to be licensed to you know, explain you the nuts and bolts. Because like any investment product as you do, there's gonna be downsides, there's upsides. And somebody needs to educate you first. So make sure you're getting the right education on it. Because I don't want to, for example, sell you a product or give you a product and you don't understand it. Because if you don't understand it, you're not gonna know how to use it, it properly. So if I'm telling you put this money away for a long-term strategy, you come back and you say, can I use it in five years? No, you can't. The, the plan was for you to let this money get vested for at least 10 years and then let this grow because, again, time and compounding interest. So the idea is your retirement is to let that money grow and grow and grow and grow and grow untouched so that when you want your money and need your money, you have a bigger bushel. And so sometimes those conversations with people, they don't fully understand when I talk about liquidity. So make sure you know what you're getting into. And when you lock your money up, you understand that some environment, some investments you're doing, even for retirement, you're locking it up for a while. 
and you're gonna miss out on the benefits if you try and take the money out too soon, and you're gonna get taxed. So if you if you have money in your IRA, a Roth IRA, you get taxed. You get if you touch before 59 and a half, mm-hmm. there's a 10% tax, and you pay a state tax and a federal tax. So almost just about 50% of your the money you want to take from your money is taxed. So you have to ask yourself if you're about to go spend money, don't you want to put money aside for your savings so you don't have to touch your 401ks, maybe your IRAs, your Roths. You don't touch your retirement money. You know, you don't touch it now while you're young. You touch it when you're older and you need it. You need, you need again, time and compounding interest to make your money grow and work for you. Now, I mean, with that being said, though, there's a tons, there's just tons of different days to keep your money as liquid and have it work for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one being investments. Um, and then you can also do the annuity right. uh, route. Um, so there's different ways of doing it, but um, I think we're... Are we are we touching all different kind of uh, sort of financial planning, or we just mm-hmm. want to do? Or what, what, what would you like to talk about? Well, I mean, it's up to you guys. I mean, we could touch on a whole litany of things, um, or we can just touch on specifics. Um, annuities are a great option, to be very honest with you. If a well structured annuity can actually become a permanent pension for you. Yeah. So let, for some of the stuff that may be going over people's heads, maybe let them know a little bit more about annuities. Mm-hmm. So uh, back so backdrop backstory to a degree. Um, everybody knows about 401ks, but what people don't seem to understand is 401ks were never meant to be your retirement plan. They weren't. They were structured as a way to just as a supplement to pensions. Pension plans. Right? But companies found it's cheaper to give you a 401k because it gives them a lot of tax benefits. You don't get those tax benefits. The companies get those tax benefits. So 401ks were never designed and they weren't meant to be this end-all, be-all for your retirement is meant to be a pension. So that's where annuities come in at. Annuity structured properly, because there's different investments you can put inside of it. There's different strategies you can put inside of it, where it's an index strategy. There's different funds you can put the money in, and you let that grow. And while you're investing into this annuity, and there's various annuities, there's some that's just you do one lump sum, where you roll your money into it, you let it grow, and then you touch, you turn on a rider, which is called an income rider. Right, so that it feeds you an X amount of dollars every year, and even so even if, for example, if your annuity runs out of money, as long as you're alive, that annuity will keep paying you out that amount of money because of how it's structured. Again, you have to make sure with these products you're talking to somebody and making sure they're structured how you want it to. You'd be surprised how many times myself, people in my business, we come across people who thought it was structured in a way to get them to their income, and it wasn't. They, they, it was structured in a way to the broker actually made more on the commission than, and they're like, well, I thought I was doing this. I'm like, no. And they're like, well, they said that it was. They said, no, no, it, it, it's giving you less than what you thought. Most of your premiums, what you're paying into is paying for, for example, the assurance side of it, not the cash accumulating side of things. And so you have to make sure that when you're, the people are, that you're dealing with, structure it the way it's in your interest, right? And if you're not sure how it's working, keep asking questions, right? If, if the person you're dealing with doesn't like the questions you're asking, don't deal with that person, mm-hmm. right? They work for you. I want to remind people who, when you hire a planner, an advisor, they work for you, right? So make sure that whatever you're paying for, it fits your needs and the strategy that you want to get to. So a quick question. 
what, in your opinion, would you say pensions are better than 401ks and what has more benefits? Because it kind of sounds to me when I hear 401k, when I hear pension, I think, oh, okay, it's the same thing basically. But what's better? Are well, they are they even offering pensions anymore? Because I know they're they're <laughs> not really. They, they do at where at my job, so yeah, sure. that's why I'm like, okay, pensions. But my friends tell me they have four hundred one k's, so then I, I I'm thinking, okay, it's the same thing, right? So, well, to you, let's... pensions obviously are better because it's it's guaranteeing you money for as long as you live, right? Unions give you pensions. My father was an electrician. He was that for, God, let me see, 40 years? Something like that? I don't even know. I'm, I'm 41. My dad's in his 60s, so he's been doing it forever. So he had a great pension. <laughs> he's got like three different pensions. Yeah. Um, when you talk to different people, uh, when unions, they might have two or three different pensions. They have guaranteed money. Now, the one downside to pensions when it's related to, for example, unions and things like that, is still tied to the state you're in, right? So a state goes bankrupt, uh, your pension shot, <laughs> right? You'd be surprised no, how many times people good. think, I'm just saying, you'd be surprised how many times people think, not for me, no. <laughs> you would think that their pensions are safe and when they go to retire, something happens to the company, there's restructuring, there was missed, funds may have been mismanaged, and what you thought you were gonna have, you don't have anymore, it happens. Um, 401ks. There's tax implications, and it is what it is. If you have $200,000 in your 401k, that's all you get. So when that's gone, it's gone. So there are pros and cons to everything. I'm just a firm believer in a diversification. So I just don't believe in, for example, you have a 401k. If your company matches you at 3%, don't overfund it. Just put 3% in, get the free money, and then find an alternative to make the other part of your money work better for you. So if you have a tax deferred, or you know, a tax deferred, where you're paying your taxes later, match it, be done, and then find something because you're a tax advantage where you can pay your taxes now. Never have your money locked up in no one thing. You want to have you know, tax advantage, tax deferred, your tax now. You, you want your money in different buckets and you want to be able to access it when you need it most, right? So if you're putting things away um, this too long, there's going to be penalties to it. So. There's pros and cons to both. I, I hate to say one's better than the other. They both serve a purpose. It's just a matter of looking at what's inside the pension, looks inside your 401k, and finding alternatives. Because I'm a firm believer in owning your money. So if you can find outside your company um, to where you can put your money at to get you good returns, to help you prepare for your retirement, do that. Because again, your 401k is owned by the company you're with. So if your company goes under, you know, your 401k, you're not guaranteed your 401k. So um, own your money. Make sure that wherever it's at, that you can control it and you can own your money. So I know this kind of seems like it may be, it's a lot, right? But it's just an example of why you should be asking your questions and looking into it at a younger age. Like Robert said, the earlier you start, sort of um, the less you have to worry about how much you have to put in to make your money work for you. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Just sort of, and I'm sure he's just touching the tip of the iceberg, but just that's just an example of all the things that you can do to financially structure your life and set up yourself for a fat, cushiony retirement. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Because, look, man, when it comes to when we get older, right, when you retire, you want to retire. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you don't want to be one of those people, and I'm not knocking it because I see it all the time. You don't want to be one of those people that retire, and you, didn't, you ran out of money, right? So now you have, you're working at Walmart. You're working in your 60s and your 70s because you ran out of money. I, 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 that really pains my heart to see that because you worked your entire life. You should be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. You should not be at a point where you run out of money and you're forced to go get a job. Now, if you just get bored and you just want to pick up something to keep you busy, then by all means, man, go do that. But that's because you want to do it and you're just bored and just not doing nothing. Don't Your retirement plan should not be, I retired and now I picked up another job to get me through what should be my retirement years. Mm-hmm. So I hope, I hope the younger viewers are at home taking notes. And not only that, there's plenty of other resources to dig into. Like I said earlier, we're going to have all the links in the description to this to this series. We do have a comment from someone, Leslie. She's asking, what do you recommend for someone whose pension got taken away and only has now a 401k? Well, um, one, I'm really sorry about that. Um, one, I would ask, I would look to see is your money a legacy money where you can actually roll it over, right? So what I mean by that is when I was talking about those annuities, if you if your money's eligible to take it and move it out, move it out, right? Move it out into an annuity and make sure the person you're talking to that's moving into an annuity is structured properly, right? Because a well, again, a well-structured annuity could give you what I like to call it's an index strategy. And for those who don't know what that is, an index strategy is it mirrors the market. So when the market goes up, your money goes up. When the market goes down, it locks in your gains. You never take a loss, right? So that's a strategy you can put inside your annuity or different cash value life insurance policies. So if your money's eligible to move to something like that, we can move it to an annuity to get the guarantees and protection. I would do that. Um, But if you can't, then I will look at um, maybe looking at an advisor who can maybe actively manage your 401k. And those are options too. So what people don't know is there are functions within a 401k that if you have an advisor and it's eligible, you can actually have an advisor go in and actively manage your 401k. So that means they can do things in your 401k that you can't do because it's set as a passive investment for you. So you kind of set it and forget it. You have limited options within you know, your 401k, different funds. But an actively managed 401k, that advisor can go in and has a lot more options that can maybe give you better returns. But that'd be my suggestion. Look to see if you can move the money out into an annuity um, to give you better protection. And if not, then see if you can have it actively managed and see if an advisor would be willing to actively manage your 401k to get you better returns um, on your money. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so keep those questions coming. We do have Robert here for another about 30 minutes, so keep the, the comments coming so we can ask Robert while he's here with us. Yes. Um, so I know with the stimulus and everything, a lot of people were spending money before they even got it, right? <laughs> they already had plans. Yeah. They have a trip plan. Oh, you got to bust me out like that. I mean, not that I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I'm playing. I did not. I was looking at you, huh? He was looking at me. Is that a New Jersey? That's <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. The would never know. <laughs> Fresh haircut? New glasses? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, people are spending money before they even get it. They have a trip plan, maybe new car, maybe new this, new that. So uh, some people may think, like, Financial advisor, that's not for me. I'm not, I don't have that type of money where I need a financial advisor. What do you have? What type of advice do you have for those people who think this may be something that they're not ready to get into yet? 
So um, I understand that. There are options. Um, I'm not going to toot my own home, but here I am. Um, I, <laughs> um, I actually do help people in their finances. I, I do complimentary advisory. I do complimentary um, service. I actually have a one of my senior partners is licensed to do money management. And so, you know, he, you don't necessarily pay him, but an advisor might say, look, you know, if I to actively manage your money, they might take a percentage of the assets that are in the account. So if you're, and they may say, all right, one, throw down a number, I don't know which ones they charge or how much they may charge. They may say, look, man, 1% of the assets under management is what my fee is. That's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. So you're not necessarily paying them yourself. It just paid out of the money they're helping you to manage. And it's in their best interest to increase their money because, well, the more money you make, the better they can do. So there are people who are fee-based. So, you know, that's one thing to look at. You know, they, they'll mm -hmm. look at how much money you have as assets under management, and they just get paid a percentage of how much they're managing. So there's no exactly outright. And again, everybody's different. Right? I don't want to blanket. I don't want to blanket everybody and say there's none. There's some that have a fee, and there's some that are fee based. So like, look, you might have to pay someone whatever their fee is. Like, all right, you want me to work with you? That's five hundred dollars up front, thousand dollars up front, whatever the case is, plus maybe one percent of the man, of the assets I manage. So I don't want to speak on another person's pocket, and I don't want you to think that I know what everybody charges. Just understand that there are some that may charge you a flat rate, and there's some that may just charge you by a fee. You just have to do the research and look to kind of see who those are. Um, there's also, and I'm not very well versed on some of the different apps that you can put your money into and actively manage yourself to look at. Um, I mean, I know Robinhood and things like that, but if we're talking financial planning, I don't know too many different personal apps that you can do. I know I heard of Mint. I know certain people use Mint for their budgeting. Um, I know there's a couple that probably help you look at your assets to you can look at and track. Um, but you just got to, unfortunately, I don't have that answer, like a direct answer, but you have to probably do the research to see which ones um, just offer a flat rate and some who may offer a fee. And then you just got to go from your gut. Like, does, do you have a good feeling about the person you're working mm -hmm. with? Because, you know, you got to make sure. And then I would also say, make sure the person you're working with is a fiduciary, right? There's a big difference between being an advisor and being a fiduciary. And what I mean by that is if you're a fiduciary, that means they have a legal obligation to do what's best for you. Not everybody who says they're a fiduciary is a fiduciary because they don't have the license or the designation that states that they're a fiduciary. So if you're gonna pick an advisor, make sure they're a fiduciary advisor. You know, make sure that the person you chose have a legal, ethical standard that everybody should have, but if they have that credential, that license, by law, they definitely have to do what's best for you. So make sure they have that designation if you're going to pick somebody to work with. So, yeah, fiduciary definitely is a, is a main thing because it is legal binding is one thing that a lot of people don't know about. So the one thing that definitely I hadn't thought about in a very long time, Robert. So glad I'm glad that you definitely yeah. pointed that out to people. Um, so they will, by obligation, have to look out for your best interest also for their best interest. Yep. Um, so, Robert, can I throw you a scenario real quick? Sure. So, I am 33. Let's just say I'm 33. I have um, money tied in a Roth IRA, and I have an annuity, and I have everything sort of set, and everything. You know, I have a set. Just say I have a variable annuity, so things are working for me. They're working well. I have this stimulus check, and I have some money. I have this this $1,400, right? Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily feel obligated to 
contribute to to any 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 of my saving um, options. What can I do in regards to an investment? Um, what would you suggest um, would be a good way of investing your money in any any kind of stock exchange? How about those people that say like, send me five hundred, I'll turn it to two thousand. Yes. How about that? Yes. You mean you mean my uh, my cousin Thomas? Oh, he uh, nah, yeah, I wouldn't recommend him. Money wire, money transfer, money wire. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I, in that scenario, and I come across a lot of people who, they ask me, and I'll be very honest, I don't know certain things. Like, if you ask about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, things like that, I don't know. So, okay. I'm not that person. Um, I know I probably should read up on it just because of it's, it is not going anywhere. Um, and I am a person that if I am advising and doing things, I, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. I know... It's the best, and if I don't know, then I'm definitely gonna make sure that I could have somebody on in the conversation that can educate you on what that is. So when it comes to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, I know zero about transparency. I'm, I'm not that person. I know Bitcoin's not going anywhere. I know it's no. going great. We want to invest in Bitcoin. I hear it's doing well, it's not going anywhere. That's the best I could tell you about cryptocurrency. Um, but as far as if you're looking, if I'm looking at you and you know, we sat down, we're talking, and I actually did an analysis, because before I make a recommendation to people, I really do look at an analysis, right? Everybody thinks they're good, and then I come in and I look at things like, well, you know what? You're underinsured over here. You, you have gaps over here. Your, your retirement actually doesn't maybe get you any. So I actually look at everything, but if I came in and said, you know what? Boom, you're on point. So you want to put your 1400 where? I, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, money. You know, you can put your money into EFTs, mutual funds. I'm not a stock picker, right? So if you're not one of those people that wants to really study the charts and pick stocks, I'm not a stock picker. And if I was, I would just tell somebody, you know, buy the basics. You know, you can buy Apple, you can buy Chevron, you can buy certain tech companies. Um, you can never go wrong with energy. Um, you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Cosmetics is another big one. Cos that's usually you know, so what about GameStop, AMC? Look, I, I still don't <laughs> even understand how. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah. I literally got into a debate about this one. You're like, it's supply and demand. I'm like, but you gotta let me know what you're buying. Like, yeah. GameStop has a model that should just die, right? I understand that <laughs> you know everybody's like, no, I want to stick into the hedge funds and the billionaires. I got it. I hate to break this, some of you guys. They're still gonna make the money. Win. Because at the end of the day, when the stock comes down and it's going to come down, guess what? They bet it was going to go down. They're still going to win. You didn't do yeah. anything. You you may have actually delayed um, a process. So I look at when I look at stocks, I, I need for it to make sense, right? I need to I need the valuation to make sense for what I'm paying for. And when GameStop jumped to where it jumped to, my thought was, how, right? The best it ever did, I think, was like forty bucks. Or something mm -hmm. stupid like, and I was like, five to eight years ago, mm -hmm. the best it ever did, and then all of a sudden it's rising up the way it did, and I was like, the value isn't there, and people would say, well, no, the consumers want to keep buying it. Well, just because you keep buying it doesn't mean the value's there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Like, if you look at what well, GameStop has been bleeding money for a while, and so I'm a person that if I'm gonna start looking at stocks, I want to know that one. It makes sense. Like, where do you make your money from? So I was one of those people when Facebook, you know, went had stock. I was trying to figure out, like, how does Facebook even make money? Mm -hmm. Like, how is the valuation? And then finally you understand, okay, this is advertising and it, got it. 
But at one point, it was like, how is Facebook making money? Mm-hmm. Do you understand the value of it? And so, um, I was, and so I'm one of those people, if I'm buying stock, I look at the history. If I know it's not going anywhere, I ride it out. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, a buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. I'm not one of those people. Um, I'm more like a Warren Buffett person. I buy, I ride it out. If it makes sense to buy more, then I buy more. Um, I'm just not that person. You can always look, I, I'm a big fan of EFTs and mutual funds because at least that gives you um, a bit of everything. So if you bought an international mutual fund, you can touch on the different international markets. If you bought a, an energy mutual fund or an energy EFT, it gives you all the big funds in there. It'll consistently recalibrate itself. So you don't have to worry about trying to track individual stocks. Um, so that's where I'm a big fan of. EFTs, mutual funds, if you're gonna buy stocks, make sure it makes sense in I'm not a buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. I'm like, I buy it, I hold it, and just let that thing ride out. And if it doesn't make sense, then I let it go. go. Um, You can't go wrong with commodities. You know, gold will always be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Oil is a touchy one because, I mean, you know, oil is dictated by not just currencies, but international and geopolitical environments. So those are touchy. Um, You'd be surprised alcohol stocks always do well. (laughs) They do, because I mean, think about it, they're considered defensive stocks. I mean, when when you're happy, you drink. When you're depressed, you drink. So no matter what, people are drinking. So I mean, stocks for alcohol always seem to do well. Like they're never gonna really go out of style because you're happy you toast to it when you're depressed you go buy a bottle your favorite <laughs> whatever i have a question <laughs> for for the parents out there because you you touched on you know some of the parents getting you did get a 529 plan for your child right and your son or daughter gets a full size strictly for education so if they have a scholarship they're going to take that money grows i mean i did a plan for a good friend of mine whose daughter is seven ash and she's taking out like 92 no like eight, that's just one stream that her daughter has. She's done nothing else with her life. So even if she has a bad 401k, does no more investing, her mom put things away so that by the time she's 25, this money grows. If she wants to touch the money, put money down for a house, she has it. She has a scholarship, it's there. She can, if she wants to take out student loans, she can take the cash that's in there to pay back student loans. So I like an IUL, well-structured, just because if it gives you a lot more options than a regular 529. And uh, you did mention, Robert, that you were a Warren Buffett fan. Yes. And Warren Buffett has a lot of his money tied up in insurance. Yep. <laughs> so, Yenny Garcia, good friend of the show, good friend of ours, asks, what about life insurance policies? What are the best ones to get? Well, it depends on... So, I, the way... When I do a plan for somebody, just so you guys understand... Um, I do a pyramid investment to a degree. So I look at your retirement, so I put money away for retirement. I am a fan of term LBs for a short term. So LBs are living benefits. And so that covers your chronic terminal and chronic critical terminal illness. So let's say you get sick, but you don't die. So let's say you got diagnosed with cancer. This policy will pay out and you're done. Let's say you had a million dollar policy, you got diagnosed with cancer, they said, oh my God, you're not gonna make it. They'll pay out your policy. Now you have a million dollars to the good. If you had a million dollars is given to you, I think you might be pretty good. I mean, I've actually seen, there's someone in my business who's, you know, brother got sick, diagnosed with cancer, cashed out their term policy. With his policy, he paid off his sister's 
house because his, his sister his sister had to take out work to take care of him, took care of the family. A 360. Why? If you're not worried about money, if you're not worried about paying your bills, you can just focus in on getting healthy. So you can do a term LB if you're young, it's really cheap. I mean, I have a million dollar term policy. I'm 41, I got it when I was 38. I pay $100 a month for a million dollars of coverage for 30 years. My family's taken care of. On top of that, I have an index universal life insurance policy for cash accumulation, right? So this way, it's a permanent policy. I'm permanently protected for, my policy's like a half a million, I think it is. And the way I have it structured is it grows. So all the money I put in there, my, my death benefit grows, my cash accumulation grows. So when I get older and I go into retirement, I have enough money I already know set up and structured to what I have to draw on as an extra source of income for tax-free retirement. And in the event something happens to me, my family's taken care of. So I'm a firm believer in you should have a permanent policy um, that makes sense for you. An IUL sometimes doesn't make sense for everybody. Maybe you would want a whole life. Again, I'm not here to tell you which one's the best for you. I'm here to give you options, look at what makes sense for your budget, what you're trying to do, and then give you the solution to that particular problem. But you should definitely have a permanent policy and then have a term policy because the term policy can, I like to call income emergency in case you get sick. And some will be chronic where you're not gonna die, but you know you can't work and you submit the claim, it can pay up to 24% of the value to you until you get better. And then the good thing about it is, all right, your death benefit went down. That means your premium's gonna go down because you don't have as much in coverage, but you did have that income to take care of while you couldn't work because you were sick. So a term LB with living benefits is a good starter because it's cheap, and then get a permanent policy, a whole life, an IUL, a variable. It's just a matter of what one, which one makes sense for what you wanna do. I don't wanna sit there and say which one's the best for you because I don't know your scenario. But that's how I look at it. That's how I would address it if you and I were talking face-to-face about what I should do for my insurance policies. Well, and that great, great information. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, loving all the comments and stuff that we have. We have someone named Melanin King. He asked, uh, do you recommend someone with limited means still seek the counsel of an advisor? We kind of touched on that earlier. Yes. But, but um, how limited? How limited of means are we talking about here? Well, I mean, there again, you know, I, I would give my information. I do actually free complimentary service. So I do sit down with people. I will first educate you on money. We'll have a, we'll have a legit conversation about things. And then I will sit down and do an assessment of where you're at, where you wanna go. And then from there, it's a conversation of, okay, well, how much can you put away, right? What little bit do you have? Okay, you have, let's say, 500 bucks a month to put away, or 200 bucks a month. All right, fine, well, let's look what we can do to $200, All right? I meet you where you're at. But if you can't, you know, if you don't wanna talk to me, there, there are various, you know, sites and robo-advisors that you can kind of sign up for um, to get advice, but those are robo-advisors when we run off algorithms. Um, not saying they're not good or bad, but it's not gonna, I mean, if, if there's scenarios that's not there listed, you can't ask. So by all means, you know, my information as far as my social media, um, my email address, my, you know, my business number, I'll be giving to 
to you guys that, so that if you want it, they'll have it and just reach out to me. You know, it's a complimentary service. I, I really want to give back to the community um, just because I really feel that we are underserved. You know, people don't come into our neighborhoods and our communities just to give education, right? It doesn't hurt me to give you education. I mean, nothing. If you can't pay me because I gave you education, at least you're now informed. At least you have, you know, a plan and I can help you design a plan. And when you're ready to make a move and you're ready to actually pay for those plans, then that's a conversation you're not going to have at a later point in time. But get the information, get a plan, and then we can talk money and finances and how to take care of it at a later point in time. But get the information first. Yeah, and, and I know people have trust issues a lot of times when it comes to their money and how they handle money, whether they were traumatized, you know, in their own experience in the past by maybe even by family or friends. Maybe they heard so, bad stories somewhere, yeah, somehow. Yeah, so it's hard. It's a hard mm -hmm. thing for someone to trust someone else mm -hmm. with their money. Mm -hmm. um, but we're almost out of time here, and there's one thing that we were talking about. Usually we meet with uh, our guests in advance to having them on the show. And so we were talking a little bit about this book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yes. One of my favorite books. I know you mentioned I, it. I love it. In fact, next week um, I'll be going over the 13 principles of Think and Grow Rich as part of the the mindset, the Money Mindset series at COVID. So next Friday, um, we'll put the link in there when I give you, it's, it's free. Um, and I'll be going over the 13 principles and what that means to building that wealth, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I really do believe when you want to build that generational wealth, it's a mindset, right? And everybody feels and understands trust issues and with money and not wanting to talk to somebody. But at the same time, if you don't know, then you don't know, right? You can't get ahead if somebody doesn't at least give you a book to read, right? You may not want to talk to somebody. Okay, got it. You know, but maybe... I can refer you to a couple books. Like, look, you know, you don't want to talk to me. You don't trust me. Got it. Here's an email. Here's like five books you can probably read on insurance, on wealth, on taxes um, to make your own decision and figure some things on your own. If you felt the value that I gave you, just using this example, then we can talk. But get the information, right? And that's and I want to shift that mindset from people from the lack to abundance because it starts there. I mean, if I gave you a million dollars but didn't show you how, and I just gave you a million dollars, you'll blow it because you don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But if I educate you, if I shift your mindset from scarcity to abundance and I give you the tools you need from to reprogram your subconscious about money, your relationship with money, or what to do with the money, you'll make that million dollars grow, right? Because now you know what to do with it. You're not, you're not a child playing with it. And that's really what I want to do. I want to help shift that subconscious mindset, use the tools that, I mean, hey, man, if some of the richest people in the world read Rich and Think and Grow Rich and all these different books, and they all say it's all in your subconscious, it's a mindset, it's a mentality, it's, you know, thinking from scarcity to abundance. Hey, man, if billionaires can do it, and I'm not talking about those who inherited money, but, you know, high school dropouts who were immigrants who built crazy conglomerates they're now billionaires I, I don't know about you but i'm gonna follow success 
right? Mm. <laughs> I'm definitely listening. <laughs> Listen to what you're saying. And you know, and I, one thing that I do, I do want to time with uh, with what Melanin King said is that I, I get where he's coming from because a lot of times you feel like you don't have enough to to, to think about these or these questions, um, and it's, it's it can seem very foreign to different people to, to people that are hearing this kind of stuff. But remember, Robert's been doing this. He gave us his tracker. He's doing it for a long time. So having questions is just a beginning, and don't be don't be afraid to ask them. You know, um, that's why you find good people like Robert out there trying to help the community out. And he's giving he's giving you guys some resources to try to figure out um, where to go. He's, he's giving you options. He's not telling you what's the best. He's played it a few times. He's just giving you the options. And, he, and at that point, you'd have to figure out what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and just real quick, I'm excited because um, probably in June, there's a lot going on in April. Um, I have a baby on the way in May. So probably in June. Um, I'll be actually rolling out a advanced financial planning software that I'll be utilizing nice. um, that will also come with an app. So, you know, when I start working with my clients, I can really get down into the nitty gritty. And so I'm excited about using the software. I'm really excited about using this platform so that it's not just me saying, oh, well, here's a retirement. No, no, I can. And I was playing around with it and I'm figuring it out. Like it legitimately will sit there and, and calculate your Medicare, right? Medi-Cal. It starts showing your whole income stream, what it looks like, and then I'm giving people. I'll be giving people an app where they can actually track the plan we put in place, right? It even shows a scenario of the success rate of what I'm telling you and what we do if you stick to it. And so I'm excited to be able to roll out this extra feature around June um, for existing clients and the new clients. So if you're working now with me and and you know come June, I'm. Let's, hey, you know, Melon, guess what, man? You know, the software's in place. Let's let's sit back down again. Let's rerun some numbers where I can really, 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 really dig into the, the nitty-gritty that I couldn't do in my original software. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Let's really give you that A to Z plan for your life. And then let me give you this app so you can track your budget. Because you know, I like to say there's a, to financial freedom, man, and financial wealth, there's a pyramid, right? Your, your base is your credit, your debt, and a budget, right? So if you don't have those three things down solid, everything's going to fail. And then right above that, it's your life insurance, right? People, it's not a sexy thing to talk about, but you need it, right? It's not for you. It's for your loved ones, right? That's all it is, is if you love your loved ones, you leave insurance so that this way you can take, you can leave a legacy, not a liability for your loved ones. Then right above that is your investment strategies, your retirement strategies. And then after that's the investment strategies. So I have a really quick question before we leave. Mm -hmm. So going back to what Anselmo was was talking about with um, trust issues, I guess people have um, with governments and with banks and just with people in general, there's there's a, a, a lot of people that have a tendency to save cash. I hear good things about it. I hear bad things about it. What are your takes on having, like, saving cash at your house? What would you say? And the mattress. Yeah, the mattress. Yeah, yeah. I hear good things shoe and bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. Well, well, All right, D-Boy. D-Boy Chewy over there. Well, what's funny is I actually, I, I had talked to a, a lady not too long ago. Uh-huh. I was helping her with a plan, and she was telling me what she was earning in her money. I was like, you're almost there as leaving a mattress. Like, you're learning less than 1%. Like, oh, my God. Like, I was, yeah. I was actually a little upset about that. I started getting passionate, started raising my voice. Like, well, sorry, let me bring that down. <laughs> she got a little, she's like, oh, you okay? I'm like, no, you're about to retire. You're only earning less than 1%. Oh, my God. Who the person who did this? I could punch him in her throat. Um, but, no, I mean, 
you should have cash, right? There, there is a, there is something good about having cash on hand um, for emergencies. Sometimes you need emergency cash. Um, I'm not a fan of leaving a lot of money in your house because if it gets robbed, and you had your whole life savings under the mattress. Uh, I hate to say this, but that was just on you for being stupid. I don't know what to tell you, man. If you left all your money you ever earned under a mattress, that's just not wise. Um, I understand trust issues, but that's just not wise because someone's going to figure it out. And when they do, yeah, there's your life savings. So there is a mix in where, you know, you put money obviously in the bank for liquidity purposes. And there's another aspect to where maybe you have a safe in your house. A small little safe is under the bed somewhere that no one thinks about. And, you know, that's where you might keep your passports, extra things. And you're like, look, man, I keep an extra $500 cash or something really small. I'm not saying leave $10,000 in cash. That's a, that's absurd. But if you have like $500 in cash, that's not overly unheard of um, because sometimes things come up. You know, it, emergencies pop up. Sometimes you're like, look, man, it's late. I want to go to ATM. Let me just go to the safe real quick, grab X amount of dollars, and be done. Um, I know my parents growing up, they used to keep, you know, small bills in the house. Just kind of just, you know, just, okay, I got to run out real quick. Boom, here you go. So you don't have to keep using your ATM card. Just small. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't leave everything you own under the mattress. Because then you're not even earning anything. You didn't even keep up with inflation. You didn't. I mean, heck, if you learn, earn one less than 1% in the bank, it's still better than it's under the mattress earning nothing. I mean, th- that'd be my advice. Keep a little bit of money. So I think $500, again, it's your own judgment. I think $500 would be a good little uh, play with money, keep there for cash, and then the rest. Put in the bank, put in the savings, put it someplace that's safe. I understand not trusting banks because of 2008. I understand trust issues, but... You can't allow your fear to really kind of over over to overcloud good judgment. I think Pablo Escobar had a had a um, room full right. of money, Chewy. Yep. And I think I think rats rat, rats <laughs> ate, rats ate like millions of dollars. So mm, uh-huh. just a just a small example. <laughs> but again, he did work in a cash business, so it wasn't like you know he was an exception. Accepting yeah. uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Stripe or uh, PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So now we've reached to the pinnacle. Not the pinnacle, the ending of the, of the show itself. Um, thank you once again, Robert, for uh, for joining us. A um, lot of different information there for you guys to go back and reanalyze. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert will have will give us his information so that we can have it on in the description so that you guys can reach out to him when he's having a bunch of stuff coming up. So um, if you're into any anything that he just said, which I believe you should be, um, you should holler at him. This is the, the portion of the show that we give our shout outs. We're gonna start from the right, we're gonna go on to the left. We're gonna start with that handsome devil over there, Zelma. Have any shout outs for tonight? Yes, so man, first of all, thank you Robert for joining us, man. I felt like we could have talked another hour or two oh, and man. really got into some of the deeper, deeper uh, theories and t- concepts. Um, <laughs> We touched the surface. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like I said earlier, we may have sparked the interest of some viewers for them to get dig in a little bit more on their own or participate and, and listen in to some of Robert's or other resources all over the internet. They can find something, a book, anything. But uh, I do want to give a couple shout outs. Other than that, uh, Lady, who handles all of the social media stuff that we do, she's been doing an amazing job. Got to make sure we shout her out. Rocket killed. And then, of course, the uh, our fiscal sponsor, 
Urban Tilt, gotta thank them, appreciate them. The City of Richmond, the ECIA grant that we received, thank you for that. And then I'm gonna pass it on to Diana. I don't wanna steal all the shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Um, shout out, first of all, to one of my best friends. Happy birthday to you. Uh, shout out to our listeners, shout out to our guests. Um, yeah, the people that are behind the scenes too, just making sure everything worked, Chewy, us. Um, yeah, that's that's it so far. Cool. I want to give a shout out to Robert. Obviously, can I call you Roberto? To Roberto. There you go, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for, all my, for all the Latin community too, tuning in. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to the ones who faithfully watch us every week. For those who are new, um, welcome. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, and hopefully learn something new today. Robert, do you have any shout-outs that you want to give out? Uh, once again, shout-out to my homeboy, Damus. Happy birthday, man. Miss you. Love you guys. My happy birthday to my sister, Tia. Love you, man. I can't wait to have you guys out to see the baby coming in May. Um, and shout-out to my wife for always holding me down and keeping structure. And to my business partners who, you know, allow me to be able to do what I need to do when I'm away and um, I take him away and they hold things down in the shop and you know, I appreciate from my business partners, my mentors and uh, above all, like I said, my wife, man. Without my wife, man, this, this does not exist. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said. All right, you guys. Thank you once again. Love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Leslie, let's go ahead and hit those outros. <laughs>